Welcome to the best podcast in the Southeastern Conference. That's right. We're taking our podcast, moving out of the Big 12, and heading on down south to the SEC. Some big news out of college football. Uh, stuff is finally being finalized and going through the motions and process of some big, big time Big 12 teams, Oklahoma and Texas, moving to the Southeastern Conference. And we'll talk about all that in the latest episode of Burgers and Broads. Also, NBA draft just the other day, so we'll take surprises. Teams that we were thinking, what are you doing taking that guy so high? And then so MLB, we got some major trade alerts. The Cubs, it's only another 100 years before they win a World Series. We'll talk about all that and more coming up. And guest uh, Clement, Jacob Clement is here with us as well. But first, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, and anywhere else you get your podcasts at Burgers and Brats. And stay up to date with the latest news on Twitter. And Instagram, at Burgers and Brats. Jacob Clements, thanks for coming back on the show. SEC. SEC. We're not doing that. We're, we're not I, doing that. But I think that's how it works. It is I'm, how it I'm works. fairly certain that's how it works. That is true. I hope the day comes where we do not start chanting SEC. Oh, my goodness. We're not Texas A&M, so hopefully not. Because we chant SEC when we beat them to make fun of them. But it's not going to be fun. I don't, I'm not going to like cheering SEC. Every time. It's not going to be, you know. Like, we're going to be in the SEC. That's what's awesome. I'm very happy about this move. I am I am also excited to join the SEC. It's going to be really fun going to new venues, playing these new teams. Finally getting, being able to talk smack against the SEC, especially when we beat them, especially when we beat Arkansas and their fans, because they just trip the most and they never win. Oh, but, even, and A&M, yeah. even worse, Texas A&M, let me tell you, I, I knew someone, and I dated someone who was an Aggie, and, you know, with that, you know, I decided to, you know, be supportive and go see some A&M football games, right? I was like, you know what, the you SEC, know. like, they hype up, you know, oh, we're in the SEC and, like, all that, right? Okay, I went on Halloween. They stuck a giant pumpkin on some poor freshman's head. Let me tell you, that is a weird school down there, and I'm very happy that we will get to beat their asses every year now. I don't know if you're allowed to say that on this podcast. Uh, asses is not censored by the FCC, so I think I can. Okay, we'll keep and it on there. Not to mention the same thing with Texas. You know, that essentially... You know, the SEC has brought in one already established rivalry, OU and Texas. The biggest rivalry in sports, maybe Ohio State-Michigan, but no one cares about that one anymore because Ohio State only wins that one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, OU-Texas is competitive, and now it's going to be an SEC night kickoff. I mean, that's essentially what's going to happen. You know, the SEC... I don't think they can make that game a night game. That How much... I, I wish they would, at least for once, like every decade, but I don't think they can just because of, like, what's set in place. Like, if they do a night game, all hell's breaking loose down in Dallas. I mean, I think they might push it to 2.30. Alabama's been known to get some 2.30 kickoffs, and I'd be very happy with that, especially getting to go to the state fair beforehand. But, you know, the SEC also with this move is, you know... I'm probably going to guess try creating a new rivalry rivalry between Oklahoma and Arkansas, and then as well bring back Arkansas and Texas, as well as A&M and Texas, which is what we all want to see because that game has not happened in I mean in in over a decade. I mean it's insane. So I haven't I haven't talked to you about this yet, but I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before. Do you want the 14 pods or do you want the eight for each comp eight eight for each side of the conference? I think the 14 pods would be best for me because then 
you know, you get this kind of, you get more rotations. You know, you're going to host everyone within a four-year period. It works well. You know, for OU, you know, that pot would be OU, Arkansas, Texas, and Texas A&M. Uh, they're actually saying Missouri. Instead of, and this may be one of the agreements that Texas A&M doesn't have to play Texas every year because it's going to be it'd be OU, Missouri, Arkansas, and Texas. That's two easy wins, maybe three easy wins every year. I mean, that's year. very true. Like, I'm not going to deny that. I think in order to make it work, like Texas and to a lesser degree OU are going to push for A&M to be in that pod if that model goes. Otherwise, I see it just being, you know, eight side uh, or like 18 divisions. Um, I would prefer the pods, especially if they placed OU, Texas, and A&M together and Arkansas, because then, you know, you essentially just have rivalry central right there. Um, but I really think, I think, honestly, the most logical thing that will happen will be the 18 divisions. Yeah. Uh, so... I, I like the pods because, I mean, it's two easy wins for Oklahoma. You get to go exactly. back to Missouri. You get to go visit Little Rock, or not Little Rock, but Fayetteville, which is yeah. a cool college town as well. Well, and Little Rock occasionally. Arkansas yeah. does play games in Little Rock. And so and so, what do you think about the Big 12? I, I talked about it a little bit. I think they're completely done. I think the Big 12 is going to dissolve. I think it's best for West Virginia to go to the ACC. Uh, Iowa State, Kansas probably go to the Big 10. I don't know what's going to happen to the rest of them because they don't have that big-time program. Oklahoma State, I will say Oklahoma State's a top 25 program, college football-wise at least, in uh, America right now, but they just don't have the, the fame and the money and just the – spotlight on them and it, the Pac-12 doesn't want anyone right now so I, their best option is like to have Houston, UCF, some mm-hmm. of the Cincinnati, some of those other teams come into the Big 12 uh, to keep the Big 12 because that's their best option now otherwise they got to go to the MAC or the Mountain Western or some small AAC conference. I mean I think essentially like what's going to happen here like let, let's just get this out of the way first this is literally the coldest take I've ever done. Bob Bowlesby is an effing idiot. This dude... I'm going to just, I'm going to start putting warning labels right before you speak on this. Okay, I said effing. But he's an idiot. Like, he literally was like, oh, TV factors don't really play that much into conference realignment. The Big 12 is going to stay together. And then, you know, OU and Texas are like, okay, we're out because this TV revenue is just absolute crap. He should have known that this was going to happen. I saw Iowa State's... AD five years ago come out and say this conference is Oklahoma and Texas and without them they're the Mountain West or something like that the MAC and if you're Bob Bowlesby you know Oklahoma's just been winning and winning and winning making playoff after playoff you knew and they're getting all these five star recruits now so mm-hmm. why not go to the SEC and just build up even more because you see these smaller and these not as good SEC teams getting five stars because they're in the SEC and they're winning so. I mean, yeah, like, that's the case with A&M exactly. Like, you know, their their recruiting pitch to people in Texas is you can play from the SEC and not have to go far. You know, now OU in Texas, which Texas arguably is a bigger brand than A&M. You know, I think, you know, I think that, you know, that advantage that A&M has had in recruiting is going to start declining really quick. And the thing is, is that OU not only – can get the talent, but can produce the talent and yeah, develop they, the talent. Yeah, and they are in the Big 12 right now. Defense is yeah. better. They're going to get even better defense, especially these 400-pound linemen. Oh, my <laughs> God, yeah. They've been feasting on some, like, good home cooking or something. But, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I'm telling you right now, like, you know, there are some schools that are talking a lot about this. You know, Oklahoma State with Dr. Karen or, sorry, Dr. Casey Shrim or whatever <laughs> their president is. Like, 
She's firing off some nasty tweets She's and all that. She's putting Oklahoma State in a terrible position. Oh, yeah, because no conference position. after that is going to want them. No. Because they're going to have to deal with her. And, and if that's Oklahoma not, State was actually a good program and taught, yeah. they're, a deep, they're a good program. If they were Oklahoma level, they would have done the exact same thing. But the teams that you don't see talking about it, and you pointed them out, West Virginia, KU, and Iowa State. Because KU and Iowa State, I think, almost certainly are going to go to the Big Ten. I haven't heard a chirp out of them, which means that they have a backup plan. West Virginia, I've heard some chattering from fans on Twitter. I haven't heard a leak or anything from them. So that makes me think that they have a plan, and they were waiting for OU and Texas to initiate this. The schools that are really speaking out and have all these state reps that are just going crazy, like your Baylors, your TCUs, your Texas Techs, your Kansas State. Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma State as well. I mean, they're done. Yeah. Like, that, they're not going to be able to join Pac-12 because the Pac-12 prides on themselves on academics. Yeah, which is stupid because their football sucks. They're not getting any money. No one's watching them, especially on the East Coast. No one's watching them at night. Um, they're fun. Pac-12 after dark is fun. But no one's watching them. You're going to see the Big Ten be able to expand and thrive because mm -hmm. they're going to lower their academic levels for these teams as well. So that's what you have to do if you want to survive the um, in the next 10 years or so. Well, I mean, not even with Kansas uh, with Kansas and Iowa State because the Big Ten, all their members are AAU members. And so that means that they have actually met the qualifications to be listed as a high-activity research university. KU and Iowa State and Texas – are the only schools in the Big 12 like that. OU is almost there. So KU and Iowa State, because that's a qualification for Big 10 membership, they can go in right, no problem. The Big 10 gains another huge basketball program in KU, you know, gains a decent football program that will kind of shake up that West division in Iowa State. Iowa State might be set for the future. They got really good, especially with Matt Campbell staying on board another year, Purdy and uh, I think the running back staying another year, Montgomery. Yeah, so I mean... I think those three road. schools were waiting for OU and Texas to do something because they had to have been talking in some way to be like, okay, look, these TV rights are crap. We're bringing in the money. Like, KU brings in money for basketball. Iowa State brings in money for football lately. You know, West Virginia, you know, gets that kind of Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New York market. Yeah. You know, with that, you know, all five of these schools had to have been talking, and I bet that there's such a huge disconnect between Bob Bowlesby, those other five schools, and – the five schools that, you know, two are confirmed leading, three are probably going to. So, I mean, I think that's where we're at right now. You know, I think the American is going to pick up the rest of those other schools because there's no way K-State or Oklahoma State makes it in. And they can't survive being independent. No, those they can't. Those are not surviving independent. They're not Notre Dame, BYU type. B yeah, BYU only survives because they have such a strong market in Utah. Notre Dame... You know, they've secured TV rights yeah. a, for a long time, and I think they're going to go to the ACC now, permanently, in football. Um, do, you think, do you think the NCAA is done in the next 10 years, 20 years? They're done, SEC, ACC, Big Ten all combined, start their own? So, I mean, the NFL, you've got 32 teams, NBA, you got 30 teams. The SEC's already at 16 right now. They can start their own little thing, own championship. I, can, I definitely see that happening in the next 20 years max, for sure. I mean, I think... The NCAA is done. I mean, already on its own, football is done through the bowls. That's how it's done. The NCAA just supervises it. I think that model stays the same. Now, do I think that the New Year's Six Bowls, right, are going to stay the same? Yeah, I think those are going to remain the same prestige. 
I think they might start trying to cut back on bowl games, especially with less and less teams that are going to be eligible. Or they might lower the bowl threshold a little bit, make sure, like the win game threshold, make sure they can keep some of these teams in. I think the NCAA, especially after the NIL stuff, is starting to take more of a hands-off approach and kind of devolving some of that to the schools and the conferences. I see that trend continuing. So uh, anything else to add on this SEC, OU, Texas, uh, they, a unanimous decision, US or SEC voted to allow them in, and they accepted it, so uh, it's going to be a fun few. When, when do you think they go to the SEC, 2023? Uh, I think it's not going to, obviously not this season. It's not going to be the 22 season, because I think that some teams in the Big 12, what are left, the I-rate 8, or whatever you want to call them, are other schools and other conference joint and other schools joining other conferences. I think 2023 is a real, really realistic timeline. Yeah, I as well think that 2023 will probably and most likely be the year that Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC, and it's going to be so so much fun to watch and enjoy. And I guess we're on the SEC train now. We're oh, still, of course. We're still not going to root for. The, I'm not going to root for the SEC at least not for a while. My room for him, but uh, it will be fun and interesting to see uh, what happens. It's going to be a fun season in the Big 12 for football as well. Um, so let's talk NBA draft now. That happened. Uh, obviously, we all know, no surprises at number one, uh, the Pistons take Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State, 6'8 point guard. Um, so he's a fluid athlete, naturally plays at different speeds. He shot uh, 43.8% from three last season, and he's really got the potential uh, to be a number one uh, scoring and playmaker in Detroit, but I'm sorry, Cade, your career is going to die in Detroit. I wish you the best, but it's Detroit. Yeah, honestly, people get traded to Detroit, any of their sports teams, when their careers are dead. Um, You know, I really, or I mean, same with drafting as well, I mean, you know, he's going to be a great guy, but I see him with that Detroit situation being more of a Pete Maravich guy. Like, he's going to put up decent numbers, but the team isn't really going to get a lot of wins, kind of like with Maravich with the Hawks. Um, you know, I do think... Yeah, I mean, you know, I just think that, you know, Kay Cunningham, you know, he's going to be good, um, but we'll just kind of see where it turns out at this point. Um you know, I will personally say, you know, kind of moving down to the next pick, I was very happy with the I'm Rockets I'm not there pick. yet. Clements, my God. Uh, Who runs the show? Sorry. Me. But I was very excited Jeez, about that. Oh my. No, stop. All right. Kay Cunningham, I think I like his uh, play. I think he'll be a decent player, but I don't know if he'll be good in Detroit. So let's move on to the second pick. Actually, let's go to the third pick. Who cares about what the Houston Rockets oh, take? Oh, come on. No, they're not going to win ever again. Oh, come on. All right, so the Rockets take Jalen Green at number two. Uh, played at G League. Didn't even play college. He might have, but G League at night. He averaged seventeen. He averaged 18 points a game and shot 36 points, 36.5% from three. Um, going against guys that are in their paycheck in the G League bubble. So what are your thoughts on Jalen Green? You know, as as I was saying, I was jumping. At... I, I like the pick, too. I like Jalen Green. I think it'll be pretty good. I don't know if the Rockets... It'll be in a while before the Rockets get back to good good basketball. But Yeah, that's very true. All right, the Cleveland Cavaliers at three. They take 
Evan Mobley, 7'10 center from USC. I really like him. Got to watch him in the bubble and in that Pac-12 tournament. Um, but he can create. Uh, he's got good handles. Big man who can create for others. And his shot is continuing to improve, and he can score inside and out. A great run in the uh, March Madness. I think they got to the Sweet 16, I believe. Or they get the Elite Eight. I think they got to the Elite Eight, but I'm not entirely sure. It has been a while. But I think they beat Oregon to get to the Elite Eight. But yeah. Good pick up there. Your thoughts? You know, I think that um, really, you know, like you said, great player. Um, Cleveland is also where people's careers go to die, excluding Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's a reason LeBron wanted out of Cleveland twice. You know, there's a reason that, you know, their baseball team can't hold on to anyone as well. You know, I just think it's just one of those places where your career goes to die. And then at number four, the Raptors, you get Scotty Barnes, a 6'8 four from Florida State. Uh, should be a pretty good player. Uh, 25% from three in college. Uh, needs to work on it. He's not really a th threat from mid-range or three, so you got to work on that uh, for sure in Toronto. Number five, Jalen Suggs. I really like him, the 6'5 point guard from Gonzaga. Uh, the team does already have Marco Fultz. And uh, they drafted Cole Anthony last year. But uh, Suggs definitely has the potential to be more. He's got that well-rounded game, like Gonzaga last season, uh, to that near-perfect season. Thoughts on Jalen Suggs, his career? Great player. You know, I think Orlando is going to be trending up here soon. Um, like you said, you know, they have a little bit of a younger core. They're getting some new higher draft picks over the past couple of years. I do see them trending upward, you know, within the next half decade or so. <laughs> yeah. All right, so a uh, surprise here. The Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, they have all those draft picks. I don't know if they know how to use them correctly. <laughs> they draft, I, they draft. I mean, okay, I'm going to be honest. People in Oklahoma think that Sam Presti is a wizard. He's not. I had no idea what was happening with this pick. <laughs> yeah, Josh Giddy, a 6'8 wing from Australia, he was supposed to go later in the lottery, but he'd been rumored to have been maybe even climbing boards as late. Maybe not to the sixth pick. But he averaged 11 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, a game last season for Adelaide, uh, playing against men in the Australian League. And he did it at age 18, so he's 19 now. A uh, bit of a project, though. His his jumper has a way to go. His handle footwork needs work. He'll have to adjust his change of speed game to the NBA. Uh, but I guess there is high-end potential there. I don't know what the Thunder are thinking there. I know a lot of Thunder fans are upset. I saw on Twitter uh, they were telling me. so. I uh, I think the Thunder has a type. Um, like, you know how, like, you know, certain people when they're dating people have, like, a type of person that they're looking for? Yeah. The Thunder has a type. Small, undersized, athletic forwards that don't know how to shoot. <laughs> That's the Thunder right there. And they're going to extend, I'm sure, some of the, their young core, but I think they're going to remain in purgatory, especially with this pick. And then let's go to the Sacramento Kings at nine. Uh, they got Davion Mitchell, a 6'3 guard from Baylor, uh, one of the best defenders in the draft. He kind of fell a little bit. Uh, I really liked him. Uh, they won the championship with him last year, his, his draft stock. Uh, he hit 45% from three. And he was the key, a key reason Baylor won the national championship. I think he scored or assisted on 34% of Baylor's points in the March Madness tournament. So I definitely like that pick for the Kings, especially if they're getting rid of Buddy Heald. Yeah, I definitely think with you know if they do get rid of Buddy Heald, you know he's going to be someone that you know goes in and contributes immediately. He has got a lot going on. Um, you know, like you said, he did win that championship with Baylor. 
Um, I think that, you know, since he fell a little bit, that's a great value pick right there. Um, you know, especially for where they were at in the lottery where he could have gone. Yeah, I like the pick as well. So let's just talk about a few more here. Uh, if I can find it. All right, Zlair Williams, uh, six seven wing from Stanford. I really like him. He's going to Memphis. So being with Ja Morant, um, he's a he, can, he has the ability to be a, a quality shot creator, a maker at a position that is a need in the league. He's smooth athlete with fantastic handles, and I, I think he's got a very good upside for his career, especially playing with Jaw in Memphis. Yeah, I think Memphis is already trending up. I think this pick kind of reinforces that. I think they're kind of starting to exit their rebuild. Um, again, a great, great value for where they picked him at, and I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be a uh, really good person in Memphis. So the Rockets have a lot of picks. What do you think about your other picks? Usman Garuba, six eight four from Spain, um, so, saying arguably the best defender in the draft, seven three wingspan. Uh, Josh Christopher, 6'5 guard from Arizona State, volume score, 30, 30% though from three in college, and its decision-making is questionable. Yeah, you know, I think that they did what they could with where they were at, and, you know, they did trade up um, with one of those Thunder picks. Um, I do think that, in general, you know, the Rockets right now are kind of like, okay, let's make sure that we just go young, let's make sure that we find guys that, are going to go with the culture, and I think Raphael Stone is really going to be good with that. Um, you know, honestly, even though I haven't heard as much about the other two, I've trusted what he's done so far. I think he's done good as far as getting talent, especially with Kevin Porter Jr. Um, and Jay Sean Tate, you know, playing time in there as well, um, and, you know, making sure that they are valued within the franchise. So, I mean, I just kind of, I'll see how it plays out, honestly. Yeah, uh, see, we're still going to be rebuilding because you suck. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of used to that. Nuggets. Not as bad as the Texans. <laughs> uh, the Nuggets, my first, my team's first pick only went at 26. Uh, Nashawn Highland, the sixth guard from VCU. He goes by Bones, so that's pretty cool. He's a combo guard with score-first mentality, strong handles, good first step, deep shooting range. And uh, definitely need something that might fit with Jamal Murray, especially if he's out much of next season because of that ACL tear. So I guess I'll be okay with that pick. Uh, anything else on the NBA draft? Not really. I thought it was one of the like one of the weaker draft classes we've seen in a while. Yeah. But let's see where some of these top guys do and see if there's any breakouts from this draft. Yeah, not not too many great guys. You kind of look down, you're like, oh, I'm, I've seen that guy, uh, especially because of March Madness. But mm-hmm. I like the Thunder pick, though, 18, Trey Mann, 6 yeah. guard from Florida, fantastic shooter, 40% from three last year. So I do like that pick. Uh, before we move on to anything else, though, we had that breaking, huge season-defining, championship-defining trade yesterday. Oh, my the gosh. Rus- the Washington Wizards trade Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. Well, Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, KCP, and a 2022 first round, I believe. I think the Lakers also get a first or second round. But my goodness, Clements, Russell Westbrook's getting a ring, baby. Let's go. Look, honestly, that's a nasty big three right there. And, you know, if they get Buddy healed, that's just going to reinforce that team even further. But you know what I really like is how all the LeBron stands, the Lakers stands, and the Russ stands can now all be one in the same. And we only have to hear about the Lakers instead of three separate topics. That 
that kind of consolidation is nice. It's now it's going to be you know three times as bad, but the consolidation is nice. I will say that. It's been a long time coming for us Rust stands, Clements. I'm excited. Finally, um, been rooting for Lakers because LeBron's on it, but I get to root for LeBron and Russell Westbrook on the same team. That's going to be an amazing combo. I'll say that. I think Anthony Davis might <laughs> might uh, kind of lose a little bit of mm -hmm. um, a little bit with that, although. May just become Lob City again. That that team is winning championship next year. I don't care. The Nets they can't stay healthy. They can't play together. No. Imagine Nets Lakers uh, championship next year. Russ beats KD and Harden to get his ring, and then KD and Harden still have zero rings. That'd be kind of funny. KD okay. KD has rings. KD has maybe one. Okay, look. It's not. I don't just... count those as rings. He went to a seventy-three and nine team. The greatest team of all time, and he gets to count that as a ring? Are you kidding me? I mean... Come on, dude. That's a that's like a dude they, playing zero minutes claiming he was a part of it. He was the reason they won the championship. That team was going to win no matter what. I mean, that's fair. And, I mean, you can also... But you can also see, you know, how far the Warriors have slid since KD is well, gone. Well, yeah, because Clay doesn't... I like... Because Clay carried that team a lot. And then he did, Steph yeah. was injured that whole last year. He got injured this year again. Still no Clay. Draymond doesn't have anyone to... Draymond uh, is just ass. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, like, I think, you know, I do think that Russ will get a ring. I think the I Lakers so. are going to be... I hope so. ...a favorite. Um, that, the Nets are actually a favorite right now. Then the Lakers are second. I, you know, I don't get how Milwaukee isn't in there. I, I just can't because of their coach. I, their coach is so bad. Drew Holiday's getting older. Chris Middleton's in his, like, 30s. Giannis... Yeah, this Giannis finally broke through, but I don't know if he can do it again because I mean that's the fair. Suns kind of choked on that. And I mean the Suns, you know, I think the Suns, Suns are, are going to be the Suns are going to be back in some capacity. Playoffs, not conference finals, not finals. Yeah, that's that's very fair. So we'll see what happens, but Lakers should be the heavy favorites. I, I bet all my money on them. I bet them on them two years ago to win it. I was right, and they just added Russell Westbrook, one of the. He's top five right now, point guards of all time. If he wins a ring, he might move up a spot or two. That's very true. But um, So they just added one of the best of all time, and it's going to be so, so fun to watch uh, in L.A. I still got the Clippers, too, but who knows what Kawhi's doing, uh, especially with that injury as well. Who in L.A. actually cares about the Clippers when the Lakers are playing? <laughs> Absolutely no one. They're going to be selling out every, every oh, yeah. game. My goodness, who's not going to want to watch that? And LeBron can finally rest. Because LeBron hasn't had a team where he can rest since Miami. Even that. They weren't even a super team back then. Yeah. But um, he can finally rest, let Russ and AD cook. That was, that and was if they get Buddy nice Hill. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they need more shooting on the outside for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's not like they gave up much. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, move into On This Day in History. Uh, 1930, the first FIFA World Cup um, happened. Uruguay beat Argentina 4-2. So... First FIFA World Cup in 1930, I still have not watched one. Let me tell you my opinion on soccer. Let me tell you my opinion on soccer. It's a great sport. You know, I acknowledge that it's played by, you know, so many countries around the world. And it's not the U.S.'s primary sport, or, you know, Canada's even. But, you know, it is, it is the primary sport for a lot of countries. However, you will be able to notice, if you look at countries that have landed people on the moon... Versus countries that play soccer, there's no correlation there. The United States has landed people on the moon. So any country that has that plays soccer as their primary sport in Europe, Russia, 
you know, anywhere else in the world has not landed people on the moon. So soccer is for people who don't land people on the moon. I hear this like every week, every like four times a week from you, Clement. It's true though. I mean, it doesn't really, you know, have anything to do with it, but it's true. And so, you know, I do think, you know, soccer is a fine sport. That's cool that it happened on this day, the first World Cup, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, 30 BC. I don't know if any of us were alive back then. Probably not. Uh, the Battle of Alexandria occurred with Ooh. Mark Antony and all that. Uh, some birthdays to give out. Uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, Lisa Kudrow, and Ted Cassidy. Happy birthday to all of y'all. Um, some of y'all are dead, but happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday nonetheless. Uh, so let's talk MLB. Lots of stuff happening in the NBA. Oh, my gosh. The Cubs are just throwing away their team. So the Nats. Yeah. The Cubs, it's going to be another 100 years before they win a championship. They're just they're getting rid of their whole 2016 team. Rizzo's going to the Yankees. Uh, Chris Bryant just uh, officially got traded to the Giants, who I think have the best record in the MLB right now. Chris, or who else? Um, I can't even think of them. But they've already gotten – they sent someone to the Mets. Yeah. I – and then they sent uh, Kimbrel out too. Yeah, I mean, Kimbrel, it's Kimbrel's on the White Sox now. Yeah, I mean, you know, and same with the Nats too. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that meme from Narcos of Pablo Escobar walking <laughs> around alone in his house, but someone posted that, that and said one Soto right now, which is so true. He's the only person left on that team. Scherzer's out, Turner's out. You know. There ain't a whole one, a whole lot of people left on that. You yeah, know? and they just won the World Series. I know. And the Dodgers, you know, it's just kind of the rich get richer. You know, they even got Danny Duffy from the Royals. Um, you know, I will say, you know, I was very happy with the improvements that the Astros made in the bullpen, which is very nice. We have some more closers now. I'm very happy with that. Um, although it was kind of awkward that we traded for a Seattle guy while we were in Seattle <laughs> playing them. Um, and it literally happened an hour before the game. Um, but, you know, it's definitely kind of nice with that. But the sellers are really selling this year, and the buyers are really buying. Oh, yeah, so Javier Baez is going to the Mets. Oh, gosh. Craig Kimball to the White Sox. Rizzo to the Yankees. Uh, Bryant to the Giants. Um, There's no one left there. No. My God. And then... Uh, the reliever, Andrew Chaffin, is going to the A's. Oh. Um, Honestly, it's just hard to keep up with this Cubs news because they're... Uh, two weeks ago, they traded Jock Peterson to the Braves. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, ever since Peterson, you know, they've been just releasing people left and right, and there's been speculation. And, you know, I think really since they know hit the Dodgers, and then they lost 12 straight after that, it was just, that's instantly when, when they became sellers. Um, but yeah, I they aren't winning a World Series for another century at least. <laughs> My at gosh. Least. At least. Uh, you want to take a look at some standings here real quick? Yeah, sure. All right, AL East, uh, my division. Uh, Red Sox, followed by the Rays and Yankees. Uh, Blue Jays, Orioles, nowhere near that. But Red Sox have a comfortable lead in the AL East. I do think the Yankees are going to catch up to the Rays a little bit, especially after getting all these guys and Joey Gallo from the Rangers. Yeah. Um, you know, I do think that the Yankees are going to catch up, but, I mean, I think they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot. I think yeah. the Red Sox have a very comfortable lead on that. Yeah, eight and a half, I have the Yankees right now. 
I I do think a wild card as well. And then the AL Central, uh, White Sox have a very comfortable lead in this one, actually, up by eight games uh, in front of the second-place Indians, followed by the Tigers and Royals. Uh, so that's the White Sox to lose division. Uh, Tony LaRusse doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, the Royals, you know, when they started out and, you know. Started out good, too. Oh, they started out great, and then they just fell completely down, which is kind of nice to see. But, you know, I White Sox should get that, especially after getting Kimbrell. And then the AL West, you have Astros, pretty comfortable, five-and-a-half game lead over the second-place Athletics. Athletics are coming up. Then the Mariners, Rangers are 30 games, basically, behind first place. Okay, the Rangers just suck so much, it's almost comical. First, they steal their ballpark from Minute Maid and make it a cheap version. It looks like a giant tough shed. Then they sell off their best player. For some prospects, which they desperately need. They got a lot of prospects. Yeah, and then now, you know, they're just completely down right now. I mean, it's hard to get more down than that. I think they're on pace for one of the worst records in MLB history. They currently have one more win, though, than the Orioles. That's that's very fair, but the Orioles have always sucked. I mean, they're not getting any better. Yeah, a little surprising the Indians. I guess they're trading a bunch of their guys away, too, but then... Well, and the Angels are just going to kind of suck in perpetuity yeah. as well. Like Angels are 500 right now, 11 and a half games back. I don't know what's wrong with that. I don't know why they're never good. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, I don't know how they get Well, and Rendon now. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think their problem is, you know, outside of Shohei, their rotation is just complete ass. I mean, I mean, that's why I can't put Mike Trout just up there, too, because he can't win on that team. I mean, yeah, win too. I don't doubt. Yes, there's so many players, but still. I don't doubt that him and Shohei are some of the greater players we've seen lately, but they're not getting a chance to show it. They need to go elsewhere. But Trout isn't going anywhere because he's getting paid basically for life, thanks to the Angels. But they're going to suck in perpetuity. I mean, I think, you know, I think the Mariners and the A's are going to fight for a wild card spot, but I think that's really about it. I think Astros are still going to win. Yeah, they got com- comfortable lead. And then, so let's go to the NL. The Mets have a three-and-a-half, pretty close lead in the NL East. Uh, Phillies and Braves, uh, those three teams separated by four games. Uh, Phillies, uh, Bryce Harper's team, looking pretty good. 500 as well. Actually, the NL East sucks. Yeah, the NL East really the sucks. East, wow, they're, lucky. they're all bad. My the, goodness. The Mets should win that. They are lucky their whole team, that whole division is bad. Yeah. NL Central Brewers have a pretty comfortable lead over the Reds and the Cardinals. Um, Reds, second place. That's not something I've heard in a while. I think I picked the Cardinals to win this division before. I don't know what's going on with them. I don't hear anything out of there anymore. Not really. Not since they sent their scouts to prison thanks to the FBI <laughs> and stealing international databases. Uh, Brewers uh, should be good. I know Christian Yellis has COVID, so he's out for a while. So mm-hmm. let's see if they can sustain that lead for a minute, and then NL West. Oh, my gosh. Great, great division right here. So the Diamondbacks actually have four, three less losses, or three more losses than the Rangers and Orioles. So the Diamondbacks have the worst record in the MLB. Oh, my 32 gosh. wins. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty terrible. That's pretty terrible right there. Arizona, what are you doing? Yeah, the Giants have the best record in baseball. Who saw that coming? I and mean, they just got Chris Bryant, too. It's not an even-numbered year. I mean, yeah. you know, they're only good on even-numbered years. But I think that 
really, this is probably the most competitive division. I mean, you know, the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Giants could all end up winning this. I mean... I mean, Giants have a three-game lead on the Dodgers, five-and-a-half-game lead on the Padres. I expect the Padres do a little bit better. I I like the Padres a lot. I really like them. I like Tatis. I really like Tatis Jr. or whatever. I do think the Padres will rise, considering all the stuff that's happening off the field with Trevor Bauer. Um, but, you know, I think that's kind of where the Dodgers are going to sink and why they traded for Scherzer. But... I mean, I think... Yeah, they got Scherzer, too. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, like, I think that's that one's hard to predict. I still think Giants are going to come away with it, but we'll see what happens. Yep, so interesting stuff in the MLB. Some teams are throwing away uh, their, all, all their glory players. So. Wadding it up and throwing it in the trash. Yep. That's what they're doing. Throwing it into the Ivy. Never to be seen again. Yes. <laughs> all right, let's move into our final segment. Who'd you share? A burger... And brought with. Uh, I'll start this one. I know we didn't talk about it this episode. We'll probably talk about it next episode or so. Talked about it a little bit last episode. But the Olympics just grasped mm-hmm. all the Olympians that are winning medals, representing their home countries. Uh, you see all these great stories. A 17-year-old from Alaska. Oh, um, yeah. Her hometown just cheering her on. You saw the first ever gold medal from one of the island nations. Or uh, one mm-hmm. of the smaller, um, I think... Up north, northern island nations. I got their first gold medal, and it was in the triathlon. So that was really mm-hmm. cool to see. It's just really cool to see all these Olympians uh, just go in, represent their countries as well, and go win those medals, even even if it's a bronze. It's awesome to see that. So share yeah. my burger bra with all of them, uh, all the Olympians out there. One hundred percent. That's definitely an awesome burger bra to share with. I'm gonna. As much as I love the Olympics and the Olympians, I'm going to share mine with Joe Castiglione, who recently committed to the SEC. Um, you know, I think that this move has been the worst for a while. and Six months. Yeah, I'm very happy it's happened. And, and you know what? The testament that, to I mean, the athletic department at OU, like, no one leaked it. Like, that, that is a testament to how much they love working for that dude and how much they care because he cares. And I think that that's something that's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be so fun uh, to watch in the coming years, uh, for sure. Uh, Jacob, thanks for joining again. Thanks for having me. Uh, you want to give out your socials for everyone listening? I mean, you can follow me on TikTok, at Jacob W. Clements. I need some more TikTok followers. Um, same thing for the Instagram. Um, don't follow me on Twitter, because I'm roasting some A&M people right now. <laughs> Head over there if you want to see A&M getting roasted. Uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us. It was so fun to talk about the NBA Draft, SEC, Big 12 and uh, some trades in the NBA and the MLB, so that's always fun. Uh, everyone, thank you all for listening. Make sure you follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, anywhere else you get your podcast at Burgers Brots. Stay up to date with the latest news on Twitter and Instagram, and even YouTube at Burgers Brots. Thanks for listening. Take care. Stay safe.